Oh, we love mock drafts over here at TDN Daily. And we also love three quarterbacks going inside the top five. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome into the Wednesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you once again. Hope everybody is having a great start to their day. Another mock draft for us to react to. And this is a special one because this is the first mock draft over at the Draft Network that is using the actual current NFL draft order. So if the season were to end today... Yeah, this is the order, 1 through 31, of how these teams would pick, and it's the first one using this order and not the reversed Super Bowl odds order, which we use in the first part of the season. So that's always fun when we make that shift to using the actual way the board currently shakes out to see how that impacts the order, how that impacts the flow of picks, what player that maybe has been finding himself high up the draft board starts to fall a little bit. So it's always fun to see how these little wrinkles that get changed get added into the draft, the mock draft process play out. But before we dive into the mock draft, got to let you know, as always, about our friends over at Bet Online, Football Back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your football betting needs this season. And over at Bet Online, you're going to find the latest odds, you're going to find matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. And you guys know the deal by now. Head on over to betonline.ag to join. And when you do, you're going to receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's a 100% welcome bonus. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. You heard it in the open. I love looking at where the quarterbacks fall because it's the one position you've got to figure out. You need to nail your franchise quarterback, and I always love to see if there's going to be a sense of urgency in the way that the board falls. Is there going to be a mad dash to get the quarterback prospects? And listen, folks, let's just call a spade a spade. Right now, I don't know how this quarterback class is going to shake out. I don't know how many quarterbacks are going to declare. There are a couple of quarterbacks that are relatively toolsy that I'm personally huge fans of, and who knows if those guys are going to declare. I'm talking about Anthony Richardson out of Florida and Cameron Ward out of Washington State. Those are two guys that you obviously can see all the tools, but... They got eligibility left. They could probably use another year in college, another year to be able to put some tape together, specifically in Cam Ward's case. And we did a podcast on Cam Ward. You can go back and listen to that in the archives. But Cam Ward's a guy that's got two more years of eligibility. He just got to an FBS program in Washington State. There could be some value in him sticking around. So who knows how this quarterback class is going to shake out. But we have three names at the top. In some order, it's going to be Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levis. It's pick your poison on how you feel about those three guys. But you also have Jaron Hall of BYU. You have Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee. The, the, the possibilities are endless. The names are endless of, of, of how many quarterbacks we can talk about. So I always like to see how our scouts over at the Draft Network uh, do this, how they order it. And it's Kyle Krabs on the mock this week. We'll talk to him a little bit later on about the process and about a couple teams in general, the Houston Texans, who we will talk about here in a second because, spoiler, they are one of the teams that take a quarterback. Well, the quarterbacks that go inside the top five, there are three of them. It's C.J. Stroud, number one to the Carolina Panthers. It's Will Levis, number three to the Detroit Lions. And it's Bryce Young, 
at number four to the Houston Texans. So three quarterbacks inside the top five, four quarterbacks uh, in the first round in total. And the Houston Texans are the team that immediately jumps out to me because in the way that the new order uh, shakes out, they have their own pick at number four, and they're also picking at number six uh, via the pick that they got from Cleveland in the Deshaun Watson trade. And you have a team that's now picking two times in the top six, a team that had two first-round picks last year, was able to get Derek Stingley Jr. and, and Kenyon Green. And you wonder if now is the right time to take a quarterback. It's always the tough question of, are we ready to take a quarterback? Or do we have so many other needs that we really need to address in order to figure this out? And for the Houston Texans, that is going to be the most important question. Are we ready to take a quarterback? Is it the right time to bring in a franchise quarterback? Well, when you look at what they've done each of the last two drafts, they've invested heavily in the offensive line last year with Kenyon Green investing first-round pick. They've traded for Laramie Tunsil. And then you look at the infrastructure that they put together offensively. Damian Pierce, one of their late-round picks from a year ago. And now with the sixth pick in this draft, they get Jordan Addison. So it's not as if you're putting Bryce Young in a situation. No offense to my Bears fans out there. This is not a Justin Fields situation. This is not a situation with a patchwork, makeshift offensive line that needs multiple spots. Right? You're talking three, four new starters that that offensive line probably needs. And then in terms of playmakers, what? We need two, three wide receivers? Four wide receivers to be able to feel comfortable above that room and have the depth that we want. So it's this is not a Chicago Bears situation. And it's not one of the more appealing situations. This is not Patrick Mahomes walking into Kansas City. It's not Justin Herbert walking into L.A. And I don't think Bryce Young is either of those two quarterbacks. But I'm just looking at this from a situational perspective. And so when you look at this, you have to ask yourself, do we feel comfortable about C.J. Stroud going to Carolina? Is he going to be set up for success from an infrastructure perspective? Will Levis going to Detroit, are they ready to take a quarterback well of the three teams I certainly think they're in the best position I mean I'm on Ross St. Brown Jamison Williams DeAndre Swift TJ Hawkinson a really good offensive line I mean Detroit of the three teams is the team you want to go to because of the offensive infrastructure that is put in place Carolina who knows what that team is going to look like if the fire sale that we potentially see on the horizon plays itself out and for Houston yeah it's not where it needs to be but it's certainly a step in the right direction so to me that's always the big takeaway is how needy do these teams feel that they need to be? Well, in Kyle's mind, Bryce Young, the talent was too much to pass up and that Houston was in the right spot to be able to take a quarterback. And then two picks later, they go out and get him a number one target in Jordan Addison. So you can't really complain too much with that kind of infrastructure. With that in mind, let's talk to Kyle. Let's ask him about the, the thought process behind Houston. Did he have some of the same question marks that I had about taking a quarterback for Houston at four? We'll talk about the Carolina Panthers and then some of the other picks that maybe stood out to him. Kyle, one of the things that we talk about a lot, we've talked about it, I've talked about it with you, we've talked about it on Draft Dudes, we've talked about it with the TDN staff, is when is the right time to take that franchise quarterback? When in your life cycle is that moment when you go, hey, this is our time, this is the, the, the time for us to get our guy to build around. And for your latest mock draft, you have a couple of guys going in the first round, but the team that stands out the most to me, and it's the team that is the focus of today's show, and we'll get into some of the other picks that stand out in a second, is what you did with the Houston Texans having two picks inside the top six. Because you yeah. took that quarterback with number four in Bryce Young, and then you paired him with what would be the wide receiver one down there in Houston with Jordan Addison. So did you give any thought to the idea of, eh, is this team really ready for a quarterback? Do I maybe double dip and just try to build out a better roster? What was the thought process? No, because as I look at the <clears throat> excuse me, the um, Houston death chart, they have suddenly found some life on the ground with Damian Pierce, a rookie this year. Really exciting to have some element of a running game. You have Laramie Tunzel and, and Kenyon Green on the left side of your offensive line. Tunzel, obviously, an established NFL player. Kenyon Green playing at a high level. I think you probably need 
one or two pieces in free agency, um, offensively in in total. Uh, but you could go get a day two interior offensive lineman, and I feel like they're going to pick early in the second round. I feel really good about your ability to find a player there, and even if you so if you go get a free agent and you go get a second a a second day interior offensive lineman. You feel good about the left side of the line. You got two more spots. Only one of them is going to be a rookie to play amongst this rookie quarterback. And and then you have Brandon Cooks as an established NFL talent. And Nico Collins has shown some flashes and obviously Jordan Addison. So I thought there was enough there where it wasn't so cripplingly detrimental. Like, look at the Chicago Bears with Justin Fields and what that offensive line looks like in year two with how shaky that offensive line situation is because they had no pillars to work with at all. And with the scarcity of offensive linemen, if you're starting at square one, it's going to be a three-year build to get the offensive line right. So I think the fact that you could look at half of the offensive line in Houston and feel good about it, and they kind of got a jump on that with drafting Kenyon Green and not forcing a quarterback last year, like they've already kind of paid the toll of, hey, let's get ourselves ready to do this in my mind. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair way to look at it, right? Is they kind of did this last year with the picks that they had. They took Derek Stingley Jr. and then they took yep. Kenyon Green. So they did this when they had an opportunity to take uh, Kenny Pickett if they wanted to, and at any other point in the other rounds to take any of the other quarterbacks. They chose no. Hey, we're going to stick with the guys we have. We're going to build out this roster. We're going to get potentially our running back of the future. We're going to get one of the focal points of our defense. So it isn't as if we are starting from the definition of rock bottom and we this team right. has bottomed out. There's enough to like here and. And I'll tell you this, Kyle, I just had to take a peek over at friends over at tankathon.com. Six top 100 picks for the Houston Texans this year. So if there is a year where you're going to do it and pick a quarterback early, do it when you have an opportunity to get a bunch of other top 100 players in the process as well. And and hey, by the way, what are some of the position groups that we don't necessarily love the first round talent, but we feel like have really good depth into your offensive line and tight end? What are two of the primary needs offensively for the Houston Texans depth chart? Interior offensive line and tight end. That's right. And so you, you, you and so again, it, it's. I think a lot of people would look at this and be like, "Wow, a top four pick. We're going to immediately go after a quarterback," and they might be taken aback by that. But I think the thought process that you laid out there uh, is is one that is is pretty fluid, and, and I think I can understand it. Now let's talk about the other piece of this puzzle because we got Jordan Addison, and I think we could talk about this player as well. What made him the right pick? Maybe as not just the first wide receiver off the board, but as, hey, I have a top six pick and I'm going to get this guy for this quarterback because I think in this scenario, in this mock draft, they're married. They're paired together. You made yep. this choice because of the guy you picked it for. So what about Jordan Addison's skill set you think is complementary to Bryce Young as a quarterback? Well, I, I think you go back to last year and Jamison Williams and what he did with his ability to threaten all levels and Mechie and uh, Mechie, by the way, lingering at this this Houston team as well. He's obviously recovering from uh, leukemia and we hope to see him back ASAP and fully healthy and ready to play football and, and, and kind of pick his career up. Uh, but that that's a player too, who if you look at a core of, let's say we get John Mechie back and you add Jordan Addison as a player who I think can do everything. And then you have Brandon cooks, who's another vertical component guy, vertical stretch guy. And Nico Collins is a big bodied guy. I think you have enough blend of skills and especially with Jordan Addison as a player who I think can do everything as a wide receiver and he runs good routes and it creates separation and you think about these Alabama quarterbacks in their transition to the pro game you really can't afford to have a bunch of six three 
non-separators on the outside, regardless of how good of an anticipatory thrower they are. We've seen that with Tua Tonga Valone. What did the Dolphins do? Well, they drafted Jalen Waddell and brought in Tyreek Hill. So in acknowledgement of Brandon Cooks and, and in acknowledgement of John Mechie lingering in the background, going out and getting another receiver who wins his routes early and it creates a lot of separation was the thing for me that made that the right choice to go with Bryce as you continue to build out the skill group and, and position Bryce Young to hopefully have success. Yeah, and listen, I think when you look at the way that the Houston Texans are designed, you need to do everything in your power when you're going to take a quarterback this high to set him up for success. And we talked about it with what they did with the offensive line, with Laramie Tunzel and drafting Kenyon Green. But this is a wide receiver group, and this is a skill position group that has weapons that can be extremely helpful in year one for Bryce Young. And that's what will allow them to set themselves up for success uh, very early on. And again, it's not as if we're sitting here saying, wow, the, the Texans do this. AFC South favorites, uh, move them up the board. It's just they are at the right point in this process because of what at least we think are the early returns on the 2022 class and the depth of picks that they're going to have. I mean, I just mentioned to you that the top 100 picks they have, uh, this is TD and Daily do math. Normally we have draft dudes do math. Oh, One, boy. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. They have 12 picks in the 2023 NFL draft. So, I mean, there's an opportunity here to really infuse a lot of young talent that can have an immediate impact for your football team. And so, yeah, you take the swing, you take a quarterback. Now, in this case, they took, what, the third quarterback off the board? And I guess that's where we'll pivot here because you have two other quarterbacks going inside the top three, C.J. Stroud uh, to the Panthers and Will Levis to the Lions. I want to talk about the Panthers because in this mock, this is the first one that we've done over at TDN that it uses the the draft order with records, not because of yep. the Super Bowl odds from our friends at Ben Online. And so with that first pick, with the Panthers picking number one, you said, hey, we're going to take a quarterback here at number one. And is this the David Tepper factor? That's because, absolutely what it was. Because, Kyle, I look at this roster, and we just talked about all the nice things about the Texans, and I don't know what's going to be left on this Panthers team after the fire sale that could be coming. Well, I think they'll they'll hold on to their pre premier assets, and this has been a team that's kind of been chasing this opportunity for several seasons, and they've kind of had to have hand-me-downs and misfit toys and bargain sales for 60 cents on the dollar to get quarterbacks to play quarterback after paying Teddy Bridgewater $60 million over three years like they did and immediately regretting that. So uh, I do think about the offensive line and, and the selection of Ike Mekwanu and Taylor Moton on the other side. I think having stalwart tackles that, that you can kind of hang your hat on really helps with the stability uh, of bringing in a young quarterback and then DJ Moore. Really good player. They traded away Robbie Anderson. I don't think that's a consequential decision. Uh, and, and then again, uh, I expect a lot of action on day two for wide receivers. I don't think you're going to get the hot and heavy runs on the position early this year like we've gotten in years past. Um, so C.J. Stroud, I, I think the Tepper effect of most productive player at biggest program that you know, you flip a coin between him and Bryce Young and, and Stroud's a little bit more traditional with his build. So that's why I went that way. I just think that that really feels like it's going to consume Caroline until they get that, regardless of what else or what the opportunity costs to do it. And I think they're well enough positioned that like they've been on the other side of the coin where they've they've missed and been on the outside looking in. Dave Tepper, when he fired Matt Rule, said it was a limited resource league. 
if they get the number one pick, I promise you they're picking a quarterback. And yeah, I think that feels like the direction and the narrative that they'll push to do that. That's a really interesting way to position it, Kyle, because I hadn't thought of it that way. I just looked at it from a straight team building perspective and say, man, I don't know if the Carolina Panthers are going to be in a position to be able to support a young quarterback, considering they're already going to have turnover in this roster with what they're going to do with the trade deadline. And yeah, I still think Brian Burns is going to be a piece uh, for this team. I don't necessarily think they're going to move on from DJ Moore. So yeah, you're going to have some pieces on both sides of the ball that you like quite a bit but I don't know if they're plugging a quarterback and away we go everything's fixed everything's trending in the right direction but when David Tepper got to Carolina as the owner this was the cloud that was hanging over them and they didn't take a quarterback in the past and they didn't do the trade out scenarios that we've talked about and they they stayed in these spots and they made the picks and so now when you have an opportunity to potentially pick number one overall and have the entire board available to you it certainly feels as though David Tepper is going to be in that room and say listen guys we I've tried to do it other ways we've tried to go the free agency route we tried to go the trade route we've drafted day two day three quarterbacks we we've tried to do this all the other ways we're now going to do it my way. We're going to do it this way. We're going to take the guy at number one. Situation be damned. And I think that's probably the interesting way to look at it. Okay, this is an open-ended question for you, Kyle. Yep. I'm opening the can of worms here. Any pick, any player, any team that you want to talk about from this mock that you were like, man, when I was able to settle on this player to this team, I was like, wow, what a home run this would be. Bijan Robinson of the Cowboys. You love this. You talked about this on Draft Dudes with me. You love the the way you I, got to this. I'm sorry. Yeah, the way that I got here and the, the epiphany of what Dallas did to keep the ship afloat without Dak. Well, he had success running the ball. Well, they made they learned a hard lesson by paying Ezekiel Elliott the kind of contract that they did. They're going to have a chance to make the same decision with Tony Pollard. This avoids all of those things. It literally avoids all of them. And Zeke, the way his contract is structured... It doesn't make sense to move them before the draft, but you can move them after the draft. So you're going to know whether or not you've got Ezekiel Elliott before you move on. Or if you're going to know you have B. John Robinson before you move on. It's, so it's co- perfect. And he's so in the- Texas and Dallas and Jerry and splash plays and all the things, all of the At- things. I, I love it. Everything we just said about David Tepper wanting to do it his way with taking a quarterback at number one, I think applies to Jerry Jones and oh, making sure. a splash pick and taking a guy that w- that played at Texas is one of the buzzier names. Because, listen, you have him going 26, but in the latest TD 100, this is a top 10 player, right? Right. Uh, it's positional right, so, value is the the only question that you have right. at this point on on valuing him as a player. But when you look at the Dallas Cowboys and the money that they have invested into the running back room, being able to reset at that position and get rid of some of the problems that they've had with not sacrifice, right? It doesn't cost them anything. Now I will tell you, I like it, but there are other things Dallas could use. We still got an offensive line that's in flux. We probably could use some help up there. We might need another wide receiver, but I think when you look at the way the board falls, I don't I don't hate this, Kyle. I love it. It's a big galaxy brain thing. And I just the question the, the the thing that I ask of you is I want you to I want you to stick with this. Because this is a good idea. You're the first person that I've seen have it. And I want this to be your thing. I want this to be something that we have the remainder of the way. So okay. we need to keep we need to keep this out in the ecosystem. Can you promise me that? Yes. Okay. That's 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 I all promise. I want to uh, I promise. promise. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I, I like that one a lot, and I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up. I think the other um, interesting section of the draft that I think is fun to talk about is Michael Mayer going off the board at number 17 to the Green Bay Packers because 
get Aaron Rodgers or whoever is going to be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, some pass catching weapons and somebody who can help in the run game, because a lot of what you do is Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. And let's let's be that team. Let's be that version of ourselves, because that's how we're built. Yeah, I mean, imagine going two back sets. Imagine going 21 with Dillon. You've got Aaron Jones, you've got Michael Mayer all on the field at the same time. They are all contributors to the run game and the pass game simultaneously. So good luck figuring out what you're going to do defensively. Right. And this is one of these West Coast offense, hybrid Shanahan, a lot of shift motion, condensed sets, screen game. He's a perfect fit for them. He's a, So Robert Tunyon aside, let's make it happen because I, I love that fit as well personally kyle always appreciate you giving some insight oh, you're you were, you were the first one up for the uh, actual draft order mock draft and i'm sure that was a lot of fun for you to to move into the second phase sure. of of mock draft so i appreciate you giving us some insight into how you uh, made some of those picks yeah it was a lot of fun chris good catching up with you oh and one more thing do we anticipate tom brady to play another year in tampa bay it's certainly not going great right now and who knows what things are going to be like at the end of this season well Kyle certainly pondered that when he mocked Cameron Ward, quarterback of Washington State, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 19. We talk about situation and where you get drafted mattering. A guy like Cameron Ward in Tampa Bay with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and the assortment of talent that that team has offensively, if they can rework that offensive line, not a bad situation for a first-round pick to fall into. You want to see the full mock draft, head over to thedraftnetwork.com. Everybody have a great Wednesday. I'll talk to you all tomorrow.